This is Katrin with Disability Rights New York. Welcome to our podcast, Empire State of Rights Closed Captioned. We are here to bring you information on the most relevant topics regarding disability rights and advocacy. Although National Disability Employment Awareness Month concluded last week, we have one more important subject to examine regarding employment for people with disabilities. Today, we welcome Ryan Williams, staff attorney here at DRNY. He's here to discuss the employment gap between workers with and without disabilities. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing today? Hey, pretty good. So we've got a pretty large topic to cover today, and we're going to just start with the basics. What is the gap of employment in New York State, and how do these percentages compare to the national average? So the gap of employment in New York State, um, the data that we're pulling from is conducted by the University of New Hampshire. They have their own center, uh, much like how we have at Cornell, the uh, Disability Institute. They focus on employment and employment-driven outcomes, specifically for disabilities. They do this survey once a year. They populate their information from a variety of sources, tested, tried, and true. Um, and if you go on their website, they do it annually. What we're looking at is data from 2017. This data exists on a county-by-county county level in New York State. So that's great. It's wonderful. Um, we can really focus on and where the issues are, kind of figure out what's going on in New York State and make assumptions. I, I'm not going to make any deep discussions, at least those uh, assumptions. All right, so I'm going to interrupt here and ask you a question. Why are we looking at numbers from 2017? People in our audience might be thinking, it's 2019. Why are you thinking about these numbers? Can you give us a little background on that? So the numbers are purposefully back two years. The nationwide survey that they do, the uh, Institute does, is always a year behind. So they give out the national numbers because it's the easiest thing to do. The national numbers are, are very generally broad. To get that county by county level, they do that for every state in the union. So it takes them a little bit longer. So it's always delayed by another year. Um, and at least that's the trend that you see from the publications that they put out on their website. So 2017 to us is actually the most recent data set that we have and is available to look at. Good. Thank you. So do you want to um, continue talking to us about the gap of employment in New York State? I know I cut you short there. No, that's all right. So the data is compiled up to get down to the skinny with this. Uh, New York State. So the the data that we're looking at is we're looking at civilians. That's the just the general broad topic, civilians uh, with and without disabilities, ages 18 to 64 years, living in the community in New York. So we have to qualify that, as always with statistics. So this is the group of people we are looking at. And just in general, the comparison is disability, non-disability. Nothing more, nothing less. We're not going to look at any other demographic group. We're just looking at those two areas. What is interesting is New York State has an employment rate of people with disabilities, obviously within that, that range in the qualifiers that we just gave, uh, at 33.5%. So taken in the inverse, 66.5% of individuals with disabilities are unemployed. That's a lot. It's a big number. Extremely big number. That's in comparison with individuals without disabilities. Their employment rate in New York State, 74.9, or in the inverse, about 25.1% of people without disabilities are unemployed. So about one in four, whereas two-thirds of individuals with disabilities are unemployed. To me, at least in my own opinion, uh, that's systemic levels of unemployment. 
if any other target group were to have those type of levels of unemployment or any other type of issue going on, there would be like calls in the street. And yet this is where it's maintained for quite a while. And it only slightly goes up or down from there. So we're going to talk next about the patterns that we see at the county level. And specifically, let's talk about the difference between upstate and downstate. Obviously, we have a much larger population downstate. What do those patterns look like in reference to those two areas of the state? So the patterns are really interesting, especially if you go to the county by county data. How I've categorized this, the ranges don't go below 20%. They don't go above 50%. So we're looking 20, 30, and 40% ranges. I consider any county that has 40% or above to be doing pretty good in comparison. Any county that's doing, I want to say 30%, I got to remember my ranges now, 30% and below, eh, they got some work to do. 30% means they're right on the state trend. So that's what we're looking at. The counties that actually do well, that are above 40% in New York State, Cayuga County, Saratoga County, Orange County, Putnam County, and Rockland County. So we have that kind of north of the New York City block right there. And we have, I don't know if I can express them as an outlier, but Cayuga County, so the Syracuse area, central New York, and then Saratoga County, so a little bit north of the Capital District, Tri-City area, um, but it sits comfortably within that zone of it's reachable to the southern foothills of the Adirondacks, and it's still reachable and accessible for the, the Capital District area, but that's where individuals' disabilities are booming with employment, at least on New York State levels. So let me ask you a question. If we have the data to support this or if you have the information, one of the other podcasts we did um, in October has to do with people with disabilities that are getting paid sub minimum wages. How do these numbers figure into that? I mean, we're looking at the counties that have a better than average percentage. Is there a larger population of people who are who are receiving sub minimum wages in those counties? Do we know that? From this data? No, we don't know that. You know, that would be something that warrants definitely further investigation out of these numbers. Is there an asterisk behind it because this person is employed, but it's under sub-minimum wage contracts that are authorized by New York State and the federal government? You know, are they really getting a livable wage? Are they making competitive employment goals? Obviously, you want competitive employment, People should be receiving competitive employment. It jumpstarts the economy. You know, there, there's there's a whole platitude of reasons out there, scientific, studied, research-driven data that probably my colleagues and other uh, past presenters have already explained. From this data, though, we don't know. So what are the most common barriers we're seeing for people with disabilities in getting employed and keeping their employment? That information is done by a survey done by the Kessler Foundation. Uh, The Kessler Foundation looked at what the University of New Hampshire was doing. They put some money into it and said, let's look at this. So we have quantitative, let's do qualitative. Um, And they did this survey back in 2015. So it may not match up with the current trends, but the general idea is still out there. And the other thing that's noteworthy is this is national-wide. We're not looking specifically with New York State and what happens in New York State. There is no data for that. There's no county level data. This is just a generality of a snapshot of the United States. In terms of those barriers, though, it's kind of divided up into two parts. 
What are those barriers for finding a job? And what are those barriers for keeping the job? It's a nice little comparison um, and, and how do they categorize it because obviously both situations warrant different accommodations, services, issues. Um, so to break it up that way, pretty logical. For those barriers in the job search, 41% of individuals with disabilities report that they don't have enough training or education. So either high school, preliminary, elementary education, secondary, college, technical training, anything up above or even on the job training um, if they get it or have had it. Um, with that, though, and the included information that comes is, you know, how many people with disabilities are able to overcome that barrier? Which is very significant because if there's a high report, but also high number of people reporting that they can overcome it, then obviously something's going right. Don't know exactly where, how, who, when, why, but at least the numbers are saying, all right, you know, it, it may not be that much of an issue. It's up there, but we're overcoming it. 38.5% of individuals say we overcame getting that education and training barrier. 36% say Hey, my employers, they, they don't think I can do this job, which is kind of interesting. You know, it definitely talks to a little bit and gives the idea of kind of discriminatory hiring practices. So are those statistics coming from people who have not been hired for a job and they believe that it's because it's based solely on the idea that they have a disability? Or is that people who have had a job and have disclosed and then they're no longer keeping the job? It's a mixed bag. So the one cool thing about the Kessler Foundation report is they actually published the questionnaire online. So you can go down the questionnaire tree and see what are the triggering events to dive in or to say, thanks, but no thanks. We already have the data. Have a nice day. So for all the political science and sociology nerds out there that are, you know, love these numbers and how they interact with everything, you get to see the actual makings of opinion and survey polls. Okay, so we will publish that link to the questions at the end of the podcast. So what are some other outcomes from that survey or from the study in New Hampshire that we can talk about in relation to barriers and um, looking at the employment rates? Another interesting one that actually segues nicely and kind of comparing what we see from the Kessler Foundation to the uh, employment prevalency is transportation. The big hot button topic is transportation, especially in the state of New York. I mean, we have issues with the MTA, so everyone in New York City knows what's going on there. Everyone up in the way north country, there is a severe lack of transportation for those in St. Lawrence, in Franklin County, in Clinton County, Jefferson, right around the Adirondacks. It's almost non-existent. So when we compare this, if we, we do a fun kind of spitballing here, at least on the national trend, 25.6% of individuals with disabilities report a lack of transportation. 41% of them, 41.9, say we can overcome that barrier. If we look and kind of keep that in, in the back of our minds and look at the data from New York State and the employment prevalency, we see how that kind of comes into play. All right, let's think of I-90, how it goes across through those counties. Uh, let's think of I-87 going up and down from New York City all the way up to Canada, the Great North Way. We see that the severely impacted counties, the counties that are below 30%, St. Lawrence County, Franklin County, Clinton County. Hamilton County, Fulton County, Greene County, Delaware County, Sullivan County. 
I mean, there you go. There's the there's the issues with the North Country in of itself. Employment is just an issue. Transportation is an issue up there um, as much as it is for non-individuals with disabilities, but it is even more so for people with disabilities. Right. The rural counties have issues with transportation, period, um, as well as services and being able to get your needs met at, at a county level in those areas is very difficult based on its rural environment. So talk about New York State again. How are these issues being addressed at the state level or at a county level? And is there a way to address them and resolve them in a way that will make sense for um, the population of people looking for employment? So the long story short is we and I don't know. I guess that's the, the, the golden ticket question that needs an answer. In terms of ways of figuring it out, in all honesty, taking that Kessler Foundation report, we, it, it, to break it down, we have the data for New York State. We have the quantitative we need qualitative. We need to figure out why New Yorkers with disabilities can't get jobs or why New Yorkers with disabilities can't stay in their jobs. Those need to be foundationally asked and, and, and kind of figured out. My, my thoughts are to eventually do a survey like the Kessler Foundation, repeat it on the New York State level and only keep it New York State. So county by county, what can we do to figure out the barriers to employment and the barriers to keep employment? Use that data to educate the general public, transportation entities, service providers, state legislators. Any tangible key player that wants a hand in employment should take that report seriously. And at the same time, anyone who cares should also use it as a guiding document. You know, what are these issues? Let's look at them and rank them. A lot of places do cycles of assessment, evaluation to figure out where their goals are and if they need to shift anything. And this is the perfect way to do that, uh, to be able to survey that and to go forward to try and address the issue. On top of that, I don't quite know because honestly, it isn't known. And that methodology would probably be best. So I know this is a huge topic and we really were only covering it in a short amount of time. Is there anything else that you feel it is really important that we should address with this topic? Just that it needs to be taken seriously. There has been a lot of push federally with WIOA, the Workforce Innovation Act. New York State has done some programming and some attempts at legislation to get people with disabilities out employed into the community. Um, service providers are rethinking their models to go from sheltered workshop employment to how do we support people with disabilities in competitive employment. So attitudes are shifting, and that's nothing to scoff at. Um, is it going quick enough? I don't know. Should we be going another direction? I don't know. But these are the conversations we need to be having, serious conversations that we need to be having. Because at the end of the day, you get people with disabilities out into the workforce and into competitive employment. That's only going to boast better for the state of New York. And it's going to basically shine a light on what people with disabilities can do and that they're out in our communities. Well, I look forward to having this conversation with you again next year and to see some better numbers. Thank you so much for coming in and talking with us today. We really appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks. I appreciate it. Empire State of Rights closed captioned has been brought to you by Disability Rights New York, your source for disability rights and advocacy. If you enjoyed our program, make sure to subscribe, like, and share this post. 
If there is a subject you would like us to discuss, please email podcast at drny.org or comment below. Tune in next Wednesday, where we'll bring you more information on disability rights in the state of New York. The closed captioned version of this podcast is available on our YouTube channel. To listen to more Empire State of Rights closed caption, follow us on iTunes and Spotify.